All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to have a reading from Galatians chapter 5, the epistle of Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, rather Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now in verse 19, it says the acts of the flesh are obvious, and it lists out several examples of what those are and what kind of acts and shows us that we are not being led by the Spirit of God. But in verse 22, we see this very famous passage. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. But those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Heavenly Father, God, bless this service. Bless the, the reading of your word and the hearing of the words that you have laid on Pastor Randy's heart to tell us. We want to hear from you today. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So good morning once again, everybody. Let me give, begin with doing a little bit of uh, kind of housekeeping, and then we'll jump into the message that I've got to share with you for Memorial Day. Um, if you were here a couple weeks ago, you know that I had an opportunity to uh, interview my Aunt Shirley Roberts Combs. Um, we kind of sat right here, talked about a few different things that she's seen in her ministry. Uh, over 45 years of ministry involved down in Brazil. Uh, started a children's home that's helped hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, get off the streets from the favelas and various places that are really, really dangerous for those young people. And uh, she has an incredible story, an incredible life that she has lived. And if you remember, some of you remember and some of you actually ordered some of these books, but she has written four different books. And you can see here on the slide, you can see book number one is They Deserve a Second Chance, an un unforgettable story of rescuing Brazil's street children. And then this one right here is kind of a second book, kind of a sequel to that. And it is also available. Now, real quickly, before you guys start thinking, well, Pastor Randy hawking things, they're $7 a piece, okay? So I'm not making no money. She's not getting rich. Nobody's getting wealthy here. She's just trying to share the stories of what God has done in her life and through the ministry that they had there. But this is book number one. 
This is book number two. And then she told you guys a little bit, um, who's clapping at my gate is book number three. And book number four is uh, another one having to do with just inspirational short stories of answered prayer. And you guys may remember she talked about the, the prayer sheet that she literally has that stretches from over here all the way to over here. And so she's got lots of great stories. If you want any or all of the books, um, we're going to put Jacob and Bianca to use as a mule, bringing these books down, okay? So when they come in their car, they're bringing books. Some of you guys have already ordered them. You're on the honor system. If I can't trust you to pay $7 to God's kingdom work, I don't know what I can do with you, right? So you're on your honor system. Just throw in a couple extra dollars, $7 a book. Tell me which book you want and make sure that I know who you are. So here's a great way to do it. If you have my number, and Scott, if you don't mind like throwing up my number real quick, I know kind of throw a curveball to you. Is it Colin? It's Colin's fault. Colin. There, oh, there you are. Very good. And uh, yes, this is my number. You can text me at this number with your book choice or just write all four or whatever. But in just a second, I'm going to have Colin go back and he can write, uh, uh, put those up. You can take a picture and say, this is the one I want. Take a picture, send it to me. I'll order it for you. I've got your name. And if we haven't made contact, let, make, make sure and let me know who you are. Everybody got that? Is that clear as mud to everybody? I think it's pretty, pretty easy. Okay, so there's book one, two, three, and four. So go back, if you don't mind, to book one and two. Just... And now go to book three and four. And there they are. You guys can take pictures if you'd like. Or text me and let me know. Thank you. Uh, they'll be coming back with those books the week after next. So you'll have your books in hand and make sure and let me know before then because otherwise I won't have a way to get them down here to you without a lot of headache and hassle. All right, so I do wanna mention one more time, I know some of you have come in since, today is clearly the crawfish boil. And if you are interested in staying, please do. Even if you don't like crawfish, we have other land-based options so we have hot dogs and that kind of thing, but the best part is, is every time we get together, I don't know if you guys know this about church socials or not, but everything that you eat at a church social has been divinely touched by God, and there's not a single calorie, fat gram, or carbohydrate in any of it. Did y'all know that? What, I'm not lying. I mean, this is true. So even if like you don't love crawfish, you should stay and have some of this guilt-free cake and banana pudding and all the other great stuff that we have. And we definitely have also hot dogs for those of you who are not into this. But I will tell you a little pro tip. Even if you don't like the crawfish, the potatoes, the corn, the garlic, the onions, and the, and the mushrooms are ridiculously good. So if you're not into crawfish but you can handle a little bit of kick, um, definitely get that and you'll enjoy it. So please stay. We'd love to have the chance to visit with you. And honestly, we love eating together, but more than anything, we love being together. So that's what it's all about. All right, so this week, as you know, um, is Memorial Day. And you may or may not know the history of Memorial Day, but you can look it up. There's a, a thing there that talks about the history of Memorial Day. And I just want to kind of give you a few of the quick key points to Memorial Day and its history. If you're maybe not uh, from the United States originally, or if you're somebody who is from the United States, you just ne didn't necessarily pay attention to exactly why we celebrate. That's 
a lot of us, honestly. So if you go to the next slide, I'll share a few things with you. This is, do you guys know where this is? Any of y'all know? Let me see your hands. A few of y'all. Yeah, all right. A few of you guys do. Have any of y'all ever been there? Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C. An incredible place. An incredible place. Um, just an amazing history there, and that's a whole other message, but if you've never been there, the precision and the military precision of uh, the headstones lining up this way as well as lining up horizontally and vertically, to look at it is truly amazing, and you can see just the huge number, and if you've ever been there, you know it's just hill after rolling hill after rolling hill. And if you've ever been to the place called the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, you know that it is on a prominent point on the hill, and you can be right here and look this direction and see the National Mall, including the Capitol on the far end, the Washington Monument halfway through, the White House over here, the Jefferson Memorial over here, and the Lincoln Memorial right here, kind of with its back to you. And it is an incredible thing to look out over this iconic view of our uh, nation's capital and just be reminded that all of the things that are going on there and all of the things that are being done there have been made possible by all of the things that you see and that you are surrounded by when you're standing in Arlington National Cemetery. The way of life that we take for granted most of the time in our world and in our country, we don't need to forget that it was paid for by people making a sacrifice so that we might benefit. Can I get an amen, right? Amen. I mean, let's not forget that we benefit from a way of life that would not exist had it not been that other people gave of themselves, not knowing, I'm sure, some of them knowing, but some of them not knowing that they would give their life in service to the country, but knowing that the cause of freedom and the cause of this country and the life that we enjoy here was worthy of their sacrifice. And so as we have a good time and all the different things that we're going to be doing over the next you know, handful of today included and then tomorrow, I want to just say before I forget that they have set aside 3 p.m. local time as something that they are asking people to take a moment and 3 p.m. to honor in their own way the things that have been done on behalf of our country for those who have served, for those who have lost loved ones. And I know that we honored those who are here in the military, but I have a feeling that there are some of you that are here that lost an uncle, have lost a cousin, have lost a father or mother, granddad, grandmother, that you know, gave their act of service to the country and it cost them their life. And so in many ways, we just want to take a moment at 3 p.m., especially tomorrow, might even be worth your while, and I, I'm, I'm not so vain to know that you're not sometimes on your phones when I'm preaching anyway. You could grab your phone right now, set an alarm for 3 p.m., just let it run today and tomorrow, and remind yourself that at 3 p.m., it is a good time for everyone everywhere to just stop for what they're doing, and even just for a moment, a moment of silence, a prayer for those who have given. And I, I should probably mention here, too, that not just those who have passed, but also those who have sacrificed limbs, <laughs> the wounded warriors that we have in our, in our country today. And so if you could just maybe say a prayer for them and for their families, I think that would be real good. All right, let's go down and kind of talk a little bit about the history. 
Memorial Day's history, it was basically born in the 1860s, and there are about 12 cities or towns that claim to be its birthplace. Isn't that the way? When something goes well, everybody says, that happened here first, right? There's about 12 different towns and cities claiming to be its birthplace. Officially, one of the presidents came and declared it to be New York, uh, somewhere in New York State, but there is no debate. The whole thing sprung from uh, the people who wanted to honor the Civil War soldiers who died during our highest casualty conflict. That is, do you guys know, the Civil War. The Civil War is our highest casualty conflict because every single casualty of war was an American casualty. It was a confederacy versus the Union, and as they battled one another, either side that had a casualty, it was an American citizen who died. And so because of that, the war total outstrips even World War II, which was a, an incredible conflict. And it was at first called Decoration Day, and that image that you saw just a few moments ago was the idea of decorating the graves of those who were there. And part of why this is so important is, is that I, I, I know that I have mentioned and have said that the problem of the Civil War and, and race and slavery and things of that nature are our country's original sin, and I feel that way to the very core of my being. But I also love this country, and I know that while we are not perfect, we are, in my opinion, the best country in the world. And even good people have dark, dark stains in their family history. This is something that I think is very important to mention in Memorial Day, we came together, and uh, on that very first Memorial Day, there were about 5,000 people on both sides of the Confederacy and the Union that put aside all of the partisan stuff and said, we are going to honor those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And so on that very first gathering, what was called Decoration Day eventually came to be known as Memorial Day. They all got together and decorated about 20,000 soldiers' graves to honor their sacrifice in that war. And so I think it's very important that we know and understand that, you know, things have been difficult in the past and they will be difficult in the future. They're difficult now, but there is common ground and, uh, and that is to be found, um, especially those of us as Christians. So if you've never known what Memorial Day is all about, now you know. And I want to talk about this, and I want to use this as kind of a launching point to just talk a little bit about some things that we as Christians really need to be paying attention to and really need to have in our, wait for it, <clears throat> headspace. <clears throat> Y'all, uh, you, you didn't think you were going to get away, did you? I mean, I'm preaching a message series called Headspace, and yes, today is going to be a little bit about that. It's going to be done in a little different way. And I'll be completing that actually next weekend, so be there for the conclusion of Headspace Volume 2. All right? Memorial Day. It is the day that's set aside to remember with gratitude and pride all those who served and died for our country and for our freedom. And may your day be filled with memories and peace. And may God bless America. Amen. All right. Let me just share this with you. In this passage of scripture from Galatians chapter 5 that Eric read, I want to talk a little bit about 
the concept behind Memorial Day and how we bring it into what's going on in our world today and how we can walk away with a different mindset that will actually change the people and the circumstances that we face. It's here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We're talking about freedom a lot today and tomorrow. But then he goes on and he says, but this is the point. Freedom is not so you can do whatever you want. Freedom is not for you to indulge yourself in whatever you'd like. The point of freedom is something altogether different. You do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh or the sinful nature, but instead you serve one another humbly in love. And look very closely on that third line down. It says, serve one another. Did you know that there are 59 times that the Bible says that we are to do something to one another, whether it's greet one another or embrace one another or pray for one another or encourage one another or challenge one another or rebuke one another or go on and on and love one another, be kind one to another, or in this instance it is serve one another. And in honor of Memorial Day, I can't think of anything better to remind us of is that the fact that most of us are living the way that we shouldn't be living, according to verse 13, and not living nearly enough in the way that it's saying that we're supposed to be. In other words, we're using our freedom to do whatever we choose that benefits us. And if by chance a little bit of that benefit sprinkles onto somebody, we're good with that. We're cool with that. But first, me. And then you, if there's enough. But you see what he's saying here? What Paul is writing to the Galatian churches is he's saying, no, no, no. What you're actually supposed to do is not use the freedom that God came to provide to just be something that benefits you alone. He says, instead, you don't indulge the flesh. Instead, you serve one another humbly in love. I'm gonna stop for just a second. I'm gonna tell you something. I believe with all of my heart that if you wanna have a great church, if you want to have a great organization, if you want to have a great country, if you want to have a great family, if you want to have a great life, you will get this right here, 513. Do not use your freedom to indulge yourself, but instead serve one another. Do you know what the best thing that could be done in a marriage, the best marriage advice that I could give you just in case you're recently married whoever you may be, whoever you may be. Here's the thing. I would say the best marriages and the ones that always make it to the end, the ones that don't stop but keep going, they have a mutual competition where each one is trying to outserve the other. In a family, if you want a great family, you have people from the top to the bottom that are designed to serve each other. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of kids who are getting served by their parents and never serving them back. Teenagers, I'm I'm talking to you. You're not intended or designed to be people who just simply give and give and give and give, nor are you people that just get and get and get and get. You are supposed to turn around and say, these things that I'm getting, I'm going to turn around and give. Serving from top to bottom, that's how a great family is built. It's how a great church is built. It's how a great organization is built. It's how a great marriage is built. And I could go on and on. And especially today, we're reminded this is how a great country came to be. 
that there were people who said, this is not for me. I'm literally about to give my life on the battlefield or come real close if I'm not. But I'm doing this because I'm going to serve this cause and this country. And it's no, it's no coincidence that this country has been considered by many to be one of the greatest in, in history. Why? Because there were people who said, the cause is bigger than me. Can I tell you? From my perspective, every time things start getting a rocky place in my life, it's because I'm trying to say, this is what I want. Instead of, let me find out and give you and help you find what you want in my marriage or in my family. If you guys are clear on this, can y'all give me a big amen? Amen? Okay, so if you hadn't done that, I'd have to keep going. But now that you've reminded me, you got it. I'm going to keep going. But this is the point, serving one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And we all know how we love ourselves. We make sure that we have the best and we make sure and take care of ourselves and we make sure and honor ourselves and we cover those things which are not as good about ourselves, right? I mean, you know, we could go on and on and on. But these are the things that it's supposed to be doing, you're supposed to be doing in your family. You don't hurt somebody to build them up. You build them up and you love them as yourself. This is not going on nearly enough in our world, in our country, in our families. All of these things that he's talking about here, it's not happening nearly enough. But if it did, it would change your circumstances. Now, I'm just going to sit for just one more second. The entire law is summed up in this single command, love your neighbor as yourself. That's quoting from Le uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Can I just share with you? If you have a place that feels like it's falling apart or that it's running on fumes or you really want to see the culture of it change, decide everything that I need is summed up in this single command. I'm going to love this person as I love myself. And if you do that, I promise you, things will begin to change. Let's go to our next slide. This is our something to learn. When the Apostle Paul said the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, he really was saying something powerful to the people because the Pharisees said right living could only come from keeping the law. That's all the things commanded in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then their own interpretations and expansions of it in addition. And basically it came out that they had a list of 613 things for you to keep in order to keep the law. Everybody go, whoo, <laughs> 613, and Paul said, no, 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 I'll sum it up for you in one single command, love your neighbor, what? As yourself, and it's all summed up. So here's what that means, and I want to make sure that we grasp this. Let's make sure we understand. Loving your neighbor as yourself means if you wish somebody would say it about you, then you should say it about someone. If you wish somebody would do that for you, then you need to do that for them, whoever the them is. Here's the problem for most of us. We don't sacrifice for other people because we're waiting for them to show that they're willing to sacrifice for us or 
that they're worthy of us sacrificing for them. Now, if you know that that's true, can I get an amen? That's right, right? And so we're waiting. And guess what's probably happening on the other side? Guess what? They're waiting for you. And so this is why things begin to do the downward spiral. Last week, I got into it. I was like doing the downward spiral. I looked like I was dancing. Shelly told me, never, ever, ever do that again. I'm not going to do that today. But the downward spiral begins when I'm waiting for you to do what's right and you're waiting for me to do what's right. And I could say something big about politics right now on both sides of the aisle, about how everybody doesn't want to do what's right. They just want to blame the other side for not doing what's right. Just saying Think about it. I know, y'all didn't come for a political message, but this is true. This is why we can't ever get together no matter what side of the aisle we're on because nobody's actually trying to serve. They're just trying to be a little bit better than the other bad guys. Sorry if there's a politician listening. I'm sure you're a good guy, good gal. But we're waiting for someone else to serve. I'm gonna say this. Again, if we're waiting for someone else to serve, if you would like for it to be said about you, then you need to say it to someone else. If you want that to be done for you, then you need to do that for someone else. And watch how that whole thing about you reaping what you sow starts coming into truth in your own life. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe everything in the book. I believe everything in the Bible is true. And then when he says to me, Randy, if you will reap this, you will sow this. If you will put good out, then it will find its way back to you. I believe that. And so all I have to do is stop waiting for them to deserve it or them to do it for me first. And I need to put it out there and then watch how God is the one who becomes responsible that I will reap what I, what? So you guys with me? Y'all ready for move on to the next one? I get an amen, I'm moving. Let's go to our next big idea. Jesus came to give himself as a sacrifice. Our lives also must be living sacrifices. Jesus came to give himself as a sacrifice. He said to those who would listen, he said, the son of man did not come to serve, uh, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom or sacrifice for many, to everybody who would make it their belief. This is true. For most of us, we are needing more and more and more people who'd say, I'm willing to walk in the sandals of Jesus and be a person who doesn't necessarily wait to be paid back before I am willing to make a sacrifice. This is what we call a living sacrifice. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in just a second. But we have taken to making sure that we share the big idea. So we're going to say it together out loud on the count of three. So at least you hear it one more time from your voice as well as mine. Let's say it together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus came to give himself as a sacrifice. Our lives must also be living sacrifices. Let's keep going. And then again in Galatians chapter 5, this passage of scripture that we come back to, he says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, can, can you guys hold for just a quick second and think about this? 
It's vivid imagery, right? In other words, what he's saying is, is all these little snips, at, you know, little backbiting, little shots that you take, little bites that you take out of somebody to put them in their place or reestablish dominance or show them who's boss or make sure that you're saving the things that you think are important to you. All these little bites. Do you guys grasp what he's saying here? You know what this is telling me and this is telling us? That the very opposite end of the spectrum of sacrifice and doing that out-sacrificing each other, the very opposite end of the spectrum is little by little biting back at those that we love and then wondering why there's less of them rather than more than when we're first mating them. Do you guys see what I'm saying? Now, I'm going to ask you another question. Have you ever known somebody who was like this and they take a job and it just beats them down and like they're less of a person after they took that job than they were before because it's just taking it out of them how many of you have ever seen that before right why because little by little they got bit down <laughs> and chewed up and spit out we even use the term all the time man that job just took her it chewed her up and spit her out that job took him chewed him up spit him out all the little things, bite by bite, small by small, and took them and chewed them up. Now, I do not want you, anybody, to do this right now. But have you ever seen a marriage like that? Where little by little you just get worn down and you're less of a person than you were in the marriage than you were before you got married. Man, if that is you, y'all need to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk and get clarity on, hey, we can't keep this up. You bite, and then I bite, and we're getting devoured. That's what Paul is saying. Little by little, you're losing yourself because you're so busy making sure that you don't be the only one, you're, that you're not the only one that's making the sacrifice. You guys see what I'm saying? This is important for us. This is important for us as Christians. Let's not get to the place where we're constantly biting Instead, we should be building. And so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. We've already talked about that, right? You're not supposed to do that freedom thing by just simply doing whatever you want. We're called to be living sacrifices. And I don't want you to miss this. Just make sure our next slide here. An infant knows how to demand things for themselves, but the truly mature sacrifice for others. In shortness, greatness gives. The reason Jesus gave of himself and sacrificed himself was because he was the greatest man walking the planet. And somewhere in our dichotomy of the world, and the spirit kingdom that we're supposed to be a part of, we've gotten it flipped. And we think that greatness gets served. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Those of you who want to be the greatest among you must be the servant of all, making the sacrifices. Now, parents, can I just share something with you? If you're struggling to reach your kids, if you're struggling to reach them and touch them, you may be having conversations with them, but the one thing that they cannot deny is if you will serve and sacrifice for them. 
Now, it doesn't need to be all the time. It doesn't need to be overdone. It doesn't need to be spoiling, but it does need to be sacrificing. And if you will sacrifice for them, they will not miss the things that you have done to reach and show them your love. Now, too much is spoiling, but if you never sacrifice for them and only require them to do the things for the family, it will embitter them and push them away. It's gonna beat them down bite by bite. It's important. Very quickly, let's keep moving here. And Romans chapter 12 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? You knew I'd get there, right? Headspace, the whole thing, right? I told you, I'm kind of I can't quite pull myself all the way out of that sermon series, but it's the renewing of your mind where it begins. So the question that you have to answer is, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice? Look at a person's name and face in your mind's eye for a moment and ask yourself, am I willing to sacrifice for her? Am I willing to sacrifice for him? You see, this is where the rubber meets the road, where, where the actual, you know, the thought and the beautiful ideal becomes difficult because there are people that you will serve and they will not appreciate it. Can I get an amen? There are people that you will serve and they do not deserve it. Can I get an amen from that? You see what I'm saying? You're not serving them because they are worthy. You're serving them because the one who alone is worthy showed us that this is the path to greatness. I'm here to tell you that if you want to change your life, the way that you do that is by sacrifice of self and giving to others and being a blessing to them. I'm going to move on pretty quickly here, so let's move on. This is a great quote by a guy named Craig Lounsborough, a Christian author and counselor. He has two quotes I'm going to share. This is the first one. He says, liberty isn't free despite the fact that we freely disregard that fact because we are notorious for running around self-righteously declaring our rights to this and to that. But if we were to reflect upon the millions who ran across bloodied battlefields so that we would have rights to declare, I think we do a whole lot less declaring and a whole lot more appreciating for the things that we've been given through someone else's, what, y'all know what word I'm about to use? Sacrifice. Let's go to our next slide. Two signs that you may be in the wrong. (laughs) Headspace. Yes. You are often offended by what you feel you are owed, but you did not receive. They should have treated me better. You know what? I was supposed to get that benefit, but I didn't get it. I should have been the one that got that promotion. You know what? Nobody appreciates me. You see, if any of these words tend to come out of your mouth or linger in your mind, you might be telling yourself that you're in a headspace where your, your economy is upside down. The sacrifice that God has shown us to make is not what you're interested in. What about you rarely or ever or never show genuine gratitude to people for the things that they do for you? You, you don't say the words. You don't send the thank you texts or cards or instant messages. You You know, you even rate somebody who gives you good service at the store or whatever. That stuff makes a difference and people get promotions because of that. But 
we get too busy to do that, especially even when we've had somebody go way out of their way. This is part of what it means to be appreciative and to serve and to sacrifice just a little bit of time for someone else's benefit, not for your own. But it's important. And they will remember and they will appreciate that. Let's keep moving. Ah, This is a list of the wars and the casualties by those wars. And you can see the American Civil War, World War I and World War II. Actually, the American Civil War has more casualties in American lives than World War II and World War I. Part of that is because of the terrible um, medical issues that they faced. Sometimes uh, a leg injury nowadays would just be fixed and no problem. But back in those days, it was so dangerous because gangrene and various things like that, the medical issues that they faced were terrible. But it is by far the most... um, dangerous war to have served in. And isn't it interesting that anytime you have a family fight, it just gets messier than anything else. Let's go to our next slide. Here's another quote that I wanted to share with you. A true patriot does not seek to live off the sacrifices of others, but rather a true patriot is the one who sacrifices so that others might live. And therefore, we might be quite wise to take a moment and ponder the reality that a nation heavy on recipients and light on patriots will soon have neither. Powerful quote. I fear sometimes that our mindsets have shifted and it's quaint and it's cute and it's old-fashioned, but it's not something that we're emulating. Do you guys know what they used to call the World War II generation? Y'all know what they called them? The greatest generation. You know why? Because they went in droves, they signed up in droves, and people all around the world and all around our nation gave money in droves. They didn't have the money the way that we do now. They literally had to raise the money through war bonds. But in doing so, people gave of their own finances so that the war might be won. And in the process of it all, in the process of it all, what happened? Everyone made a sacrifice. So few these days are making the sacrifice the way that we used to. It's important that we grasp that greatness gives. Greatness gives. And there's a great quote that I'll share with you at the end from President Calvin Coolidge that basically shares it and sums it all up, that nobody was considered great by what they received, but everybody who's ever been considered great was honored for what they gave. They sacrificed. Let's go on to our next slide. Two scriptures from John and then one scripture from 1 John just to bring it all home. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then passage that often gets quoted in the military, greater love has no one than this, then he lays down his life for his friends. And then you guys have all heard John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But you've probably never heard 1 John 3, 16. But 1 John 3, 16, this is how we know what love is because Jesus Christ laid his life down for us and we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. Let's go to our next slide. Here's how you can apply. I hope this comes out clear, but let me explain it if not. 
I would encourage you to choose an act of service or sacrifice. You can do that once or different numerous recurring times. But give that thing to someone and identify that person in one of the following areas. Choose somebody in your family. Choose somebody from your friend group. Somebody at work and then somebody at the marketplace. You guys understand what I mean by marketplace? You know, that person that you see that checks you out at the grocery store every time or the person that cuts your hair or something like that. Do something kind for them. Sacrifice for them. Do something that shares with them that they have value and importance. This is how we as Christians begin to shift the tide. We begin to share the love that God has given us and we begin to actually live in a way that shows that sacrifice is not just something we talk about, it's something that we actually do. And then the amazing thing is, not only does it come back to us in that law of reaping and sowing, but your life improves and guess who else? Their life improves as well. Whole lot of improvement to go around with just one act of service and sacrifice. So I encourage you, find a name or a face in your family group and be a blessing. One thing or every month do something. Friends, do the same. Work, marketplace. This is how you apply it. And it comes out of the normal, just everyday thinking and it becomes something that you actually do. Let's go to our next slide. How many of you guys know who this guy is? Some of y'all? Any of y'all? If you look real close, that looks a lot like my wife because that is her father. Um, his name is Chuck Arthur, and he served in Vietnam. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about Chuck, and if he were here, he would not like me. Uh, so Chuck, if you're hearing on the podcast or watching online, forgive me, buddy. I've said these things to your face. I know you can take me still, <laughs> but uh, I'm proud of you. This is uh, an image that we have displayed in our house. Something that we have up on a shelf is uh, on the next slide. He's a Purple Heart recipient. And um, this is the box that it looks at here. And then this is what it looks like when you open it up. Now, he will tell you that he's proud of his Purple Heart but he's actually more proud of the next slide. He's also a recipient of a bronze star with what they call a V device. And the V device stands for valor. And so basically, if you've put yourself in great harm's way, then you receive a bronze star. But if you've done so with a very uncommon valor, you have a, what they call a V device. Some of you guys know this, you're kind of a military buff like I am a little bit. But he has this, and I will tell you, I'm very proud of my father-in-law, Chuck. I'm very proud of him. He's done a lot of amazing things in Vietnam. I've read the commendation that they've written. I can pull it out of the box, and we can look at it and read it, and basically it says... You know, Sergeant Arthur, at great, you know, consideration, or no consideration of his life and at great risk to his own life, went in to a field of fire and picked up his fellow soldiers and then brought them out and then turned around and went back and did it again and brought them out and then turned around and went back and did it again and again until the men who were wounded on the field of battle 
we're in safety because of his willingness. That's sacrifice, that's courage, that's honor. And I'm very proud of that. But I have told him before that no medal gets passed out for the best thing that he's ever done in his life. And that is that he raised his physically and mentally handicapped son, who is now about 42, 45 years old, by himself as a single dad up until he and his wife were married. And I said, you showed courage when they gave you that. But I will tell you that the greatest sacrifice that I've ever heard of you making and seen you making with my own eyes is the one that where every single day you lay down your life so that Josh might have a life. You see what I'm saying? That's sacrifice. For most of us, we want to say those are heroes, and they are. And man, I promise you I would never, ever, ever take away from those who have given of themselves on the battlefield so that we might enjoy our life and the life that we live. But I will tell you that the greatest sacrifices are not made in a moment. They are made day after day after day after day. And a hero's story and a hero's medals will impact you and inspire you for a brief moment. But a lifetime of service and sacrifice will impact you for eternity. So I'm asking you, what about you? Who do you serve and who do you sacrifice for? Who are you showing every chance you get that greatness gives? How are you exemplifying walking in Christ's footsteps and being the one who gives and makes the sacrifices for those who need that? And if you can't think of anybody, I can't think of a better time to start than the day that honors sacrifices, the weekend that honors sacrifices above all others. This Memorial Day is a perfect time. Heavenly Father, may we be people who follow in your footsteps, who are like you, who exemplify what you have shown and what you have done, and that is living a life of service and sacrifice not for your good, but for ours. May we as your children be like you in every way we can. So very quickly, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and I really do want this to be something that is between you and the Lord, and so please don't anyone be looking around. I want to ask, if you know that there is a spot in your life where the sacrifice that you're making is just not really up to par, Maybe you know that you're lagging a little bit behind and you want to just simply lift your hand and say, you know what? Sacrifice needs to exemplify my life in a bigger and better way than it's done. And I want to just simply lift my hand as a way of committing to making that change. Would you do that right now? May God bless you. May God bless you. Thank you so much. May God bless you. May God bless you and you as well as you, you, as you as well. May God bless you. And Heavenly Father, you've seen the hands and you know our hearts and you know you have paid all for us. May we, in turn, live for loving others as you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said...